thinking about while I was standing I was like I wonder if there's a easier just like a way that I could use my feet to do this or like why wouldn't I have like standing shoes that seems like it would be a good idea well you know that the Italians actually did that right oh. with the grapes oh yeah that's true I mean that's so yeah. they were just like kind of like singing and stepping on the grapes and they're all probably just pushing on them like why are we doing this with our arms we yeah stand on them yeah, yeah. <laughs> why aren't we singing or yeah like, what they that's probably true. were uh, welcome back to the Slack line here, oh, everybody. Welcome. Uh, yeah, we are here uh, Friday night. We are recording. Um, and this is Jay Wow. 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 And the boss. The boss yes. is coming! That's a made up dumb fairy tale name, you It's loud tonight. Uh, recording wow. tonight, Beers and Burgers episode. Uh, we are without a guest, but we are going to have a nice chat with each other. We are both tired, weary men from some uh, labor work this week. That's right. Working in dusty warehouses and um, uh, construction sites, uh, but doing, doing the work of men. Whatever there's work, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, well, we need to get off our asses somehow, or I did anyways. You, you've been uh, you've been off your ass for a long time, that's I've for sure. I've been on my ass, but just cycling. But that's yeah. true. I, I'd say you're off your ass more so even th- then, though, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't tell you this. Uh, I tried some stand-up comedy. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I Where? went on uh, at the Junction. Ah. Uh, they do a, a nice. Tuesday open mics, um. and I... Uh, you remember our uh, guest Oz? Yeah. So I messaged him a while ago. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm thinking about looking into some open mics. Like, uh, uh, do you know like where I should go or what I should do?" And he just sent me a link. He's like, "Oh, I'll give you a, uh, an invite to this group, and it's a stand-up comedy Vancouver group of like uh, three thousand people or something, and they just post." Um, some people are just like posting in there like, hey, I'm coming up to Vancouver for a few shows, need a place to crash or something. They're from Seattle or whatever. <laughs> or like, um, But a lot of it is just like, yeah, uh, stand up comedy open mics around the city. And there's one at the Junction, which is a pretty cool little spot. And so you did it or you're going to do? I did do it. Oh, fuck. What, you yeah. didn't invite anyone. No, I just went. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anybody <laughs> there. Okay, man. How yeah. was it? It was good, I think. I think I did decent. Because um, I I that that's one thing about comedy man I I, I think that uh you know like uh, we're obviously doing films and yeah when when you show like this film that it's kind of like a documentary innovative like all this kind of stuff like more artsy to someone and you ask their opinion they're gonna be like yeah that's interesting I don't but if you show like a comedy mm-hmm. it's meant if they don't laugh, that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, 
they hardly like it's hard to find people that is like gonna force a laugh you know it's true but there's different comedy for other pe- for different people it's true but like if people don't laugh that's it it's true absolutely man um so how was it because it like, was you cool can judge I mean, by that right? yeah uh i got a few laughs okay. so i mean there's that um <laughs> it uh it was cool. I mean, like, it's all comics in there, basically. Yep. It's Tuesday night, and there was, like, 30 people there. And, like, yeah, I would say 20 of them are comics. Cool. And uh, so it's everybody just kind of rotating. And they're all basically trying out their own material on each other. Nice. Um, and it was a lot more or a lot less formal than I thought it would be. Yeah, they're basically all just trying out their so new less their formal material. It's less formal than I, than I thought. Uh I mean, I didn't think it was formal. It's fucking open mic comedy, but um, people had like notebooks and stuff, and they're just kind of up there, and uh, they have they look through their book, and they're like, oh yeah, oh did you hear about this? And they give their joke, and everybody kind of laughs, and while people are laughing, they kind of look at their thing. They're like, yeah, you know, okay, let's try this one maybe, (laughs) and and they actually (laughs) say that into the mic and stuff. And uh, nobody, re- uh, it doesn't really phase anybody, including me, right? Like, I was laughing, too, with everybody else. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, it's more like a workshop than yeah, anything. D- so do you think that people actually go there with the intent of, like, being open to, like, actually have a laugh? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, it, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's there. No, because, like, I- if you go to a, a regular bar yeah. and say, like, oh, the attraction tonight. You yeah, know, no, that's not what it is. A few dancers and this uh, comedic okay. guy, you know. Like, I mean, th- they'll be there for uh, the dance or whatever, and also the comedic guy. And if he's good, they're going to laugh, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you for sure. No, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of specifically set up this way. I, uh, I, and I, the I, people know, I feel like an asshole life. Like, no, 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 just saying like, oh, they were actually. Oh, like people were actually laughing at you. Yeah. Because no, no, <laughs> it's uh, it is set up that way, and like the the bar is like, I mean, it's Tuesday at like eight o'clock, and so there's not that many people in there in the first place, and um, it's mostly just comics and the bar staff just all laughing. So yeah, it's uh, just yeah. Are you going again? I'm gonna go again. Nice. I didn't are tell anybody there. Are you going to us? No. No. Fuck. No, man. So I have that's kind of like what again, that's kind of what my next bit's going to be about because like I didn't tell anybody there that it was my first time. Okay. And I just went on my own and I want to talk about one of them like it seems weird to me to bring people that you know to a stand-up comedy show yeah, because like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're going like, to be in the jokes. Yeah, okay. Or they're going to be there. Or maybe you are exaggerating a story that they were actually there for. You know, like I ah, find that to be kind of weird. Oh, yeah, it's true, but like, you know, it, it, I'll get used to it. And like eventually, it's yes. It's part of the game, right? Eventually, yes. Like if but I actually I start doing it on a regular basis and like start being like a comic and being like, hey, so I'm doing this show, then I'll start mm-hmm. inviting people for sure. It's but like going there for a couple of friends to go there and, and like, Force a laugh of out of yeah, and like that's interesting. For the the first few times, I'm just gonna just gonna go there and try to get to know the people that are there. Actually, man, like you know, it's a different group of people. It's kind of a cool group of people, and like they made fun of me a little bit, you know, uh, like the rookie or not even (laughs) because one of my things was I I started off 
by saying how I hate avocados and I hate or I hate avocados and I put ketchup on my steak <laughs> as a way to get the room like booing at me, basically, like right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> after after I was done, the host, who was pretty funny, she went up and she was like, that was Matt Carson. Thanks. Uh, doesn't like avocados, but he looks like he grows them <laughs> because I had like a fedora on and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun, man. Uh, I'm gonna go back and uh, see what I can talk about next time. And and the thing is, is like it's what gonna be really about? personal. <laughs> I talked about my penis most of the time. Oh, okay. No, I have a whole bit on circumcision, um, but I missed one of my uh, missed one of my joke, like one of the funnier parts of my story. I kind of skipped over. Okay. And I realized it afterwards. I was like, ah, oh, fuck! I missed that part. That was like the funniest part. And um, h- h- how is it different to do it live than like doing the like this podcast or whatever? It's not really. Really. That's one of the things that. Um, that really helped me is like I was sitting there and I was pretty nervous when I first like I got there, I signed up or whatever. And then I was like, after I signed up, I was like, all right, man, like you're fucking doing this. It's not really turning back now. It's like doing a tattoo or whatever. Pretty much. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I have not. It's a similar sort of, (laughs) similar sort of thing. Similar sort of thing. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, I started getting kind of jittery about it and I could feel my heart beating pretty fast. And I was like, wait, I've been performing music since I was like 15 on stage. I've been in plays and stuff like that. Like I'm no stranger to being on stage and I do this all the time. I talk into a mic all the time. Yeah. So I'm just like comfortable just like holding it and standing there and talking to people. But, but that I think that's, you know, what I think that's one of the bravest uh, spots to be uh on a stage because because you were feed by feedback all the time you know it's it's constantly you know if you're doing a play you don't expect them to applaud in the middle of it you know well you'd expect them to laugh if it's supposed to be funny uh, let's say that it's just a play it's not funny let's say that's shakespeare you know Mm -hmm. They don't expect them to say anything just before you know before the the the, the thing is done, that's right. or even the podcast or a film or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but true. But this is like as and I can this edit happening, this yeah. you expect a reaction, and and if they don't come, yeah, you're kind of like waiting for yeah. it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're oh. ready. But that actually, it's cool because that was part of the humor of some of it. You yeah, know? yeah. Because there's professionals up there, people that are professionals. Yeah. Um, that are there just like, I think two or three of them are professionals that are there trying stuff out. Yeah. Um, and, and other people too, that just like, they say something and nobody really laughs and they kind of make a comment that actually is funny (laughs) about how bad that joke was. (laughs) Okay. Right. So they're like, like if you're expecting, like if I was to be like, uh, uh yeah I, I said hi i'm matt and i put ketchup on my steak and everybody i could hear the audience kind of being like oh no, groan and if i didn't get that reaction then i would be like no i guess everybody else loves ketchup on their steak then okay uh, and, yeah. and so you kind of comment on the fact that oh so you guys aren't with me on that one i guess for me for me you know what the worst thing I, like in my mind it would be like after a joke in in in, in one of those places not even if it's just like, 
like in the, in the back of the room, you know, like <laughs> there was dude, man. There was one like guy so silent, and you're like, oh, I blew this. The thing is, is the first probably like six people that went up were pretty funny. Okay. Um, but they weren't flawless. That was the thing. Is like they had these moments of like, oh, that joke didn't land. Yeah. But then they made a funny comment, and so it's funny. Anyways, I yeah. laughed. Yeah. That's yeah. all that matters, yeah. right? Like you said. Yeah. Um, and then there's this guy who, I don't know, I think he, they said he had done it before, but maybe was just starting out. He was bad, man. <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> and there was not like, I had some chuckles, but only out of like, oh, I was laughing so about, I, I, I was laughing about how badly the joke went over. Okay. And I tried to suppress it because that's rude. But like, but it's like that. That's the thing about the comedy. Well, it's not it's rude, right? You can't like. Are you allowed to be rude? Like, if people do actually bow, like boo, like that's bad. I don't know. Nobody said anything there that I felt would have garnered that. Because today we also have like this kind of bowling kind of. It's a pretty safe space. That's the thing. But well, everybody's but a comic. But if so you take, but if you take back, like I don't know, back in the fifties or forties, people were actually paying to do that, uh, or I mean, paying to go to to those bars. Yeah. And if they were not good, they would just like actually get mad, right? Well, I mean, like, that happens. Like, that happens at comedy you were clubs paying sometimes. Money. That happens at comedy well, clubs sometimes. But back in the days, there were not comedy clubs, you know. Like uh, these people are actually trying stuff, you know. Yeah, that's true. When you'd have like a comedy headlining, like a a musical act or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you still have that. Like it's funny. When you listen to some of these people and some of the shows that they've done, like a lot of the comedy they do is on like the sad commentary that actually doing comedy is like, oh, like one like one of the guys who I mean, he said he'd been doing it for 30 years, but he didn't look like he was much older than like I would have guessed he was. I would have guessed. <laughs> I would have guessed he was under thirty. I would have guessed under thirty. <laughs> he's doing over thirty years, but he's. 28. I didn't ask him how old he was, but uh, um, fuck. man, there's no way. I was like, dude, did he start when he was ten? There's no way this guy was forty <laughs> years old. There's no fucking way. Anyways, um, fuck, I f- I lost my train of thought there. Oh no, he was telling a story of like, his whole thing was just about how, like, depressed you have to be to be doing stand-up comedy (laughs) you have to look depressed not look just be depressed like how like he'd be like man you fucking people you don't understand you don't understand like the self-loathing involved in driving eight hours to fucking cranbrook to talk for five minutes and hear somebody cough at the back of the Uh. fucking thing and and what it takes to get back into your car and drive for another six hours to another shit town to do it all over again. And I was like, fuck. It's hilarious, like, the way that he's putting it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, like, talking about just, like, man, the fucking uh, chemical mixture of antidepressants I'm on with, like, fucking knock out an elephant. Or, like, I don't know what his joke was about that, but it was really funny. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. A lot of it is kind of just but, but self-deprivating think it's a trend? humor. Like of these comedic guys, that are depressed. Or, or no, that's uh, what com- that's what com- common comedians are. 
No, man. Yeah, like, man. Not, not all I think, of them, I man. think on the whole, comedians come from, not not that they're all depressed, but they come from backgrounds of um, of having to use humor as a defense mechanism. It's true, but... Uh, so most of them are nerds or been bullied or, or something along the lines that have made it oh so man. that they've had to be witty but then, in but order to defend okay, themselves. But, but then who hasn't? Lots of people, man. Who hasn't been bullied? Man, lots of people haven't been bullied. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, man. Everybody have been You bullied. said that you were a bully growing up. Uh, and I have been bullied a lot. I, yeah. Especially in the States. Okay, fair enough. People, man, there are people no, that don't unfair. know. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody that, uh, like not that people that aren't comedians haven't experienced bullying. I'm saying that comedians on the whole are people that have experienced not just bullying, but like like it, it, bad it, things. Not bad, like yeah, sometimes bad things in their life that make them turn to wow, the like. This is the only refuge I have. <laughs> so maybe maybe instead of like uh maybe that could be a treatment, you know, like they go to the shrink and the shrink just said, "Do you consider yourself th- have you considered being uh, becoming a, a comedic?" Dude, the sad clown <laughs> is like it's a it's an ongoing no, joke. I it's a cliche for a reason, right? Like the saddest man know. in the room is the clown. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's, that's. Do you know? Like, have you have you met a lot of clowns and they are, are they depressed? Like, are these people in the comedian? If you uh, listen club to that, you've been there. Are they really depressed? If you listen to c- comedians talk, if you just if you really listen to them and listen to their stories about their lives and about how they feel about things, they are at best jaded about most things. Jaded and bitter and um, cynical. And uh, in some cases, yes, depressed or just or have gone through those things in their life, you know, or not, man. It's they it's just maybe like it could be like a character. But what type of person needs to put on a character? It's so much like that. Boss, that. For years, we have almost worship. Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah, he had it. He has issues, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's so like that that w- so w- we 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 know that is a character. Most no, most man, that's him. That's no, his no, no, life. no, no, no. But but that's the thing. We thought that it was a character. Jon Stewart actually no, not Jon Stewart. Uh, 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 Stephen Colbert actually said, "Oh, you know, I thought that he was actually just like." Joking around, or like lying or exaggerating, because you know he was a comedic guy. Yeah, you but know, then like Stephen but Colbert. But it was actually it was actually true. Yeah, but then but 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 that's the thing. We assume that is not true because you know all these guys they just like they're just comedic. They're not like bringing news of their lives. There is not like you know. Well, it's not that every story that they're jokes, sharing is true. Man. Yeah, but the, the what I'm talking about is the idea of well. Who needs to stand up there and make jokes? And it's easy to assume that that person is happy. Uh, but if you start to dig into the surface of, of... I'm not saying that comedians aren't happy. I'm saying that their humor tends to come from a place of uh, 
you know, probably in their childhood, more or less, having to develop that muscle, I, you know, okay, the okay. wit muscle. Okay. And, and that brings them into, into comedy. And I'm not saying that they're all still depressed and sad people. But, like, if you listen to Stephen Colbert talk about, like, just, like, little quips about his childhood and, yeah. like, they're little sad stories about, <laughs> yeah, I was, a, I was a fucking bullied little nerd. <laughs> but look at me now. I'm, like, the most powerful person in the world. You know, um, John Stewart, uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, like, you listen to, to, just listen to the nuance of the things that they say. In, in Not in their act, in interviews with them and in, like... Comedians and cars getting coffee is a great look into stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, th- that th- okay. Uh, where they're just again not all depressed, just off. But I'll tell you this: I went and tried stand-up comedy, and it was on like the worst night of my life. It like since I can remember, I felt like fucking shit. Like for I for w- saying those things. No, because you chose to say those things. No, or? I beforehand before th- before I w- decided to go and do it. I uh, was having a really bad day. Well, but that's another thing, right? You but why did, I, why did I like decide uh, to do it that day? Ah, uh, man, I don't know. But these people do every day, so every day is shitty. It's because I felt like venting. And even though I didn't vent about what I was having a bad day about, uh, I don't know. It felt good to be cynical for a little while. Like, it is... I think it comes from there. I think the problem when we are being cynical, like to be, I'd never thought about it. It's like a new thought that just popped into my mind. And I'm sharing with you guys without actually charging. I'm going to be charging this thing later on, like Amazon account. Um, The thing about sometimes being cynical is that you kind of like exclude yourself from a big part of society. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you know, when people are in the supermarket and they do this and you just look at them. But like, hey, 70% of the time you are the guy doing the stuff that you are actually saying that people do and, and they don't realize. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting yeah. to be cynical because you, we kind of put ourselves in like this spot of like almost gods, you know? Like, true. We can oversee everything and we can be like I'm right about bitter this. about it. You guys are like, all. But we are all doing it's the true. same. Like it's an it, arrogance. It, it, it is kind of an arrogance. Like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, well, I mean, they say, like, sometimes they just have to see, be like, smart people. To do comedy. Sometimes I just see people just talking about, like, oh, can you imagine this dude doing this, this, this? And I look like, you're doing the same. Like, fuck, I'm doing the same most of the time, you know? Like, that's why we laugh about it. Uh, yeah, but, but, when you're cynical, you kind of like exclude yourself, or maybe maybe you actually you take yourself into a position of observer, mm-hmm. and you take the ex- expect the the people that are watching you also to a position of like observe the observer, mm-hmm. and you are like all in the mind of someone that is observing the other people, but the other people it's actually you. So meta, man. So deep, man. Yeah, so but many layers. You just inceptioned my mind. Yeah, man. I know. That's <laughs> what I do. Can you imagine when my English gets better? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, so the topic thing. today was actually you. You brought it up, uh, and you showed me like a TED talk. It was interesting about yeah. procrastinating. About procrastinating. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a big procrastinator. Um, and I relate. Uh, I don't want to toot my own horn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I relate I to a lot of. I that do stuff. relate. I do relate to a lot of that. Um, we have watched this TED talk. What's that guy's name? Let's see his name. Adam Grant, uh, courtesy of our friend Jerry Jimenez, sending me the link. Uh, shout out to Jerry. He's one Thank of the few people that uh, actually tunes into these sometimes. Um, yeah, it was all about original thinkers and how it relate how procrastination relates to um, having original thoughts. And uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Is talking about how. Um, there's kind of a curve to uh to how in what time of process you should be doing your work and and when people get their best ideas and it turns out people that that leave it off not until the very very end but but till a little bit later and not getting too much of a head start on their work tend to have more creative and more innovative ideas what do you think Joel um i think as uh there's a sweet spot I know that, well, I, I, I think that we all have experienced this, or maybe not, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you have as well. Like, th there's a sweet spot mm -hmm. when you are almost meeting that deadline and, like, something happens into your brain that you just start, like, pouring out these fucking great ideas of, like, how are you going to do this and how are you going to do that? And there are just like great ideas mm -hmm. and they're just like going. I remember through university, I had I had this group, very great group of friends, man. And we were doing uh, this all these projects together back then in uh, advertising. And fuck, they were all procrastinators, mm. man. All of them, but the, all of them great. And I remember the, the the place that we used to do the all this uh, this work was my house. Okay. And we would be like, three a.m. before the day of delivering the shit, <laughs> all together. Oh, and I remember those like days. And like some of them like would be sleeping on the couch, yeah. just like totally uncomfortable. Yeah, fucking wake and, up! Like, this is your fault. <laughs> one of them like uh, all like some of them like would have too much beer and like and like and I remember I would. Like having this laptop on my lap, and like an another friend of mine, maybe one or two out of this group of six or seven, like, okay, now we have to do this mm -hmm. because, like, if this we is don't due in five hours, we have to do it. There is and no choice dude, anymore. There, there's one. I remember this, this is more than once. This is like a lot. This was like through university. They were just like start typing, like fucking crazy like it was almost as is all the ideas that were around and all these people that was the, the they were the procrastinators but we were having like this amazing brainstorm before they passed out of course on the couch <laughs> but it was almost like uh, as if all this this idea just came down mm -hmm. and i was just typing non-stop on the on, on the computer like i don't I, I i had no idea how i actually i did that but yeah. it was just like, and like, 
people are just behind me. My friend's like, dude, what the fuck? This is like, you're doing it. <laughs> like, no, like, <laughs> we were actually just talking about. And, like, and actually, it would be like a fine, fine, fine fucking job made by actually everyone was there. You know, some of them were sleeping, but before they were actually having great Contributing ideas. ideas and stuff, yeah. And, uh, like and only one person can type. At yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like, day. I was having my own ideas as well, but, like, I remember being the one that was, like, kind of, like, grounding these yeah. ideas, you know, and, like, putting it into paper. And I yeah. was like, that's fucking amazing. You know, like, just, just going by it. And it turns out to be, like, 90% of the times, like, the best paperwork or the best uh, uh, assignment the, the, the teacher got back, you know? Yeah. Some of them were turned in, like, two weeks ago. And sometimes, like, 15 minutes late. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to discount you yeah. guys. Like, And you're kind of like, but I don't that. care because yeah, I... Yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's what's like, okay, you can discount 30%, but I don't care because the idea is good. Yeah. And... It's it was actually good a lot of times, you know. And you know what? I've had times when uh and in university too when I've had professors uh not dock the late marks on it because they're like, Oh well you obviously like you're put late? effort you're late, but you put a lot of effort into it and it's a good quality thing and so whatever. I wasn't gonna read it until this day anyways. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I'm a serial procrastinator. I'm brutal with it. And especially when you when you were like into the creative path, it's just like I I actually I just told you this story about uh, procrastinating and all my friends from uh, when I used to study advertising just to g want to give them like a big shout. <laughs> for, uh, for those guys, you know, uh, Beto, Zaza, uh, Kathleen, Lucas. Uh, all these people that were around Mayara, all these people that were around that time, man. Nice. Because, like, uh, it, was, it was great times. Dude, university is great times. That's where the procrastination was at its peak, for sure. Yeah, but also, like, that's where all the ideas are, you know? Like It's true, man. Not all the ideas, but, like, a lot of the ideas are there, you know? My like issue with the procrastination is not, is, is not so much that it... I can't do it. It's that um, if anything goes wrong, like you're saying, okay, so we have five hours to do this. Like I get that way where I'm like, I know I can do this in this amount of time. And it's a short amount of time. It's going to be a shitty amount of time, but I can do it in that amount of time if I have to. Yeah. And so I get that thought in my brain and I literally will leave it until there's that amount of time yeah and i'm like fuck oh uh, man it's like I catching the bus it. you know it's but like catching the bus but it's like this guy says uh he actually quoted aaron sorkin i'm not procrastinating i'm thinking when you're talking about especially something yeah, like writing yeah, yeah. you i'm not writing anything down until i actually have it and i an idea fully formed, formed idea. in my brain yeah, like yeah I have little things jotted down here and there or whatever, but, like, as far as, like, am I just going to sit down and write a script or a book or something, like, in sequence? Like, no. You start to think about your ideas and how they all connect and how they make sense. And then when you have it all collected, 
you start to put it down. And yeah, more ideas come out during that process and things change because they don't make sense and whatever. Um, yeah, Russian I, things solid to hear and all the interesting Yeah, things. I get into a problem where it's like, okay, so this is due and I had an, I haven't enough time to do it and I've completed it on time, but now my machine is fucked up. Yeah. And now there's not enough time. That's because I trusted that the machine would work when I needed Don't. it to. And yeah, Don't. and it didn't. The printer busted. The email didn't go through. Whatever the case is, um, I find that that happens often. Or, yeah, no, I wouldn't say often, but just I notice it when it happens because it's detrimental to what's happening. And it's like a fucking rage-inducing incident. Dude, that's the thing. That's maybe that's the most valuable thing I learned in university. Mm. Don't trust that it's just it's gonna oh, work. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> don't trust. Don't trust that that talk. That's just like, oh no, it's just to. We just had to print. No, no. <laughs> it's not just to print, man. <laughs> Printing like, is a thing. Printing is like a <laughs> big part of the process, and you had to allow like two days for that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's gonna be shitty. Something's gonna happen. You know, it's not jams be, will happen. Like, Ink will run out. Yeah. It's not just print, man. It's not just print. Yeah. Like, don't give me this. Not, you know. That's yeah, true. Fuck, man. Printers are. Uh, oh, you, you could do like a sketch about printers. Oh, I have one, man. I Well, not in a video, but I have one thought about actually like destroying a printer, getting a brand new printer, not being able to s like setting it up, following the directions, going in and hitting print and having it not do anything. Yeah. And just being like. I'm flipping through the printer, oh, yeah. flip through the manual. No, okay, yeah. Put this in. I plug this in. Just like you see when I do, when I fucking flip out at this sound equipment, it's like, okay, I plugged it in here like it says, and oh I plugged it in God, here like it says, and I plugged it in here like it says, and it still doesn't fucking work. And then just like, just insert on the mouse clicks. Just motherfucker, what the fuck are you fucking doing? And then just like a scene of him just Snapped. like bur just burning it in like the in the uh in the alley walking away from it and then like as he walks away from it it turns on and starts printing his shit <laughs> <laughs> actually the power was out the, the house power was yeah out. yeah so that's a good one that's a good one oh fuck uh, he gets a call from the mom honey did you hear the power is out <laughs> No, it's never yeah. always printing, man. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, uh, um, we got together when when we talk about film, and we've been to film school, and we've been uh, I've been to advertising school and whatever. Uh, I've met so many creative people, man, so many creative people, and and. You know, uh, yeah, some of the cases of the procrastinator is like, yeah, it's great because they are thinking about it. But some of the cases is just like, yeah, the idea is there, but nothing's going on, you know. And then it's like 10 years and nothing's going on. It like 20 years and nothing's going on. That's not a procrastinator. That's something that's not. But usually, usually these people, I know these people, man. Yeah. I'm a f I have a fear of being that person. Yeah, no, 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 no. These people are nothing like like us. I I've met a couple of those, and they didn't look like procrastinators. 
I met I met these people when I was uh, before coming here in the f- film school back in Brazil, and uh, they were all about like we're gonna do it, we're gonna make it, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that, and like I was the guy that would just come like okay, so when are we doing it? Are we doing a schedule? Yeah, and as soon as I did that, they kicked me out of the group. And they were very good socially, so they kind of like turned the story all around, and then of course they were like fucking crazy people. Okay. And by the end, people saw that like okay, there was nothing like they were talking about, you know, and um, so those are the real procrastinators. People mm. that says that okay, I'm gonna do this for yesterday. Be aware of those, because yesterday is a pretty long day. Procrastinators will never tell you that they're gonna give this to you right away. It's true, but man, like again, like, like I feel we like know, I'm at we sometimes. Know when, when we procrastinate, no, 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 Matt, you, you never told me like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna do this for like tomorrow for sure, and this, and they're like, procrastinators like. Yeah, I'm gonna try to talk to someone for next week and this and that. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Now these people, the people that never get shit done, are not actually the procrastinators. Yeah, uh, they're just full of shit. Yeah, full of shit. They're just talking. I hate man. people that are full of shit. People, people f- full of shit. People that just talk too much. And I'm gonna do this, and yeah. I'm gonna do that, and are much worse than procrastinators. Much worse. I just hate. I just. I'm so much suspicious of like these people than the procrastinators. I know how to do how to deal with uh, procrastinators better. You know, we have a good amount of friends that are music musicians mm-hmm. or whatever, and they are procrastinators, yeah. and we know how to deal with them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. You know, it's okay. You do it in your own time. You give them freedom. You give them freedom, and well, they art's do it. a totally different thing, though. Like you but can't. If if they tell you that they're gonna, you know, I don't know, do a billion things for next week, and you're gonna be amazed by that. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's like it, it's the oversell, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it kind of goes back to the the TED talk that we watched before with Adam Grant again. He he talked about. Um, how many doubts the yeah and and the fear that these people have fear of of that original thinkers have that we that uh, anybody that uh, that we all have fear of of failure uh, but they also have their their fear of failure is also fear of not trying and that like I think that those people like I feel that like what you're talking about the person that like talks about like the things that they're going to do and the things that they're working on and stuff like that like i f- i get that way sometimes and the millions view that they have on the f- on the on yeah, videos yeah i feel that way sometimes because i have i i have a i feel like i have a lot of ideas like constantly percolating in my brain and so i'm kind of like oh i want to do this and 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 a few of them i actually start executing right um and I get to a, I get a po- to a point of like okay well once I've started doing this my fear now becomes saying that I did this or saying that I was going to do this and not doing it like 
but to yourself or to other people um socially right usually usually i'll take the step of telling other people that i'm doing something yeah uh when i feel comfortable enough that i'm like actually doing actually something. doing it that i've actually I, i've already started it yeah. Like like with the stand up comedy thing, yeah, right. Yeah. It's the same sort of feeling. Yeah, you're not like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Right, and so, yeah. so like a good example is the stop motion stuff that I'm working on. Yeah. It's like, so I have this stuff. I've been building the puppets. I have some of the sets and things, but every once in a while it stops. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, um. Uh, well, I built my puppet and I played with it for a little while. It's not exactly the way I wanted it to be. And I set it down and I, s I worked on other things for a few weeks. And then I made another puppet. I made a little set, took a couple pictures with it to try and test out angles and set it down for a little while. Yeah. But the whole time I'm also thinking about, okay, so that didn't work and that, how am I going to do this differently and that type of thing. Um, but my uh any sort of quote unquote fear i have in that whole scenario is not completing the minute long trailer that i want to do for it okay it's not yeah. my fear of it is not oh this stop motion thing is going to suck it's it's actually not doing it it's actually not doing it yeah i totally understand it, it, well, but that's a lot of what he said that is like we usually are afraid of things that we haven't done we're most afraid of things that we haven't done you know of uh, and 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 none of the things that we we have done but i just w we have a practical example we have we had had uh, an amazing uh, for me it was one of the best one of the three best uh, teachers we had in in in, v in Vancouver film school uh for a script andy mcvoy yeah andrew, andrew. McVoy. yeah andrew's good And I remember, you know, he, he, he understands so much about script and so much about that and so much about writing. Yeah, just the process you of know, it. You and, know, and, and, and also writing. Mm -hmm. he, he wrote some stuff. And one day I just actually came to him and was like, so, you know, why you understand so much, you write so much, and like, like, why, why aren't we seeing actually your stuff? Up mm -hmm. there, you know, like you had talent in there, you have talent and everything. And he kind of gave me an answer, like my time have gone, you know, mm -hmm. like my. And I was like, "That's bullshit." Yeah, man, that is bullshit. Because it's not only that he could have done, like he still can do it, but for me, it's like now. The way that he's teaching the students, he's doing actually so much more, maybe, than just like when you when you when you make a film, maybe you want to be your film to to you know touch people, and maybe you touch like one, two, mm -hmm. three, four. But if you are a teacher like in the level of Andrew, like uh, our class was like eighty percent being like pouring down with this amazing you know mm -hmm. uh, 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 knowledge and 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 like from from one guy so like that's what draws people to teaching you know, in it general it comes it comes down to like 
how actually want to have how much you actually want to affect people because i i think that if that was the intention of like andrew mm-hmm. he actually did that he actually did much maybe just much more by teaching film than actually like having his shit you know uh, directed by I- even though it might have been a dream in the past but like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. Maybe, I think maybe that his main his main goal, his main dream was like to affect people in a positive way of like. And I, I think there's no doubt that he looks at it like that. I think that there's yeah. no doubt that most teachers look at, or and especially initially going into it, look at uh, teaching in general like that. I I look at it like that yeah. too. Like when I was coaching and stuff like that. Um, but and but actually, but I, but I can tie that into the. But that's the thing, thing. man. That that uh, I just wanted to make this bridge uh, yeah. of like what we what we consider of being like well successful person and what is actually to be a well successful person you know mm-hmm. just maybe i don't know maybe andrew you're going to listen to that and maybe it's not the case <laughs> but I, I would just uh, I, i'm a big fan <laughs> <laughs> we're both <laughs> fans i just like I to was actually i about just it. like to yeah. mumble about stuff but maybe maybe that's it you know May- maybe his dream was to uh, affect people in a positive way through cinema and maybe he had done as a teacher much more than he or a lot of people would do as like a screenwriter yeah. or whatever you know yeah and uh i think that's a that's a great way to look at uh, at that type of thing uh, and and teaching in general and actually bringing it back to the procrastination thing i have a teaching story from bfs uh, that relates to that sort of is actually from one of our TAs who was a guest on the show, Alexis. Um, uh, she had been, she was entering a competition and uh, it was like a week before the due date. And I had looked at that competition like a month before and it needed a feature script and I didn't have a feature script and I was like, oh, I can't do that in a month, fuck. And this was, and so like a week and a half before she tells me she's, doing this cold she doesn't even have like an outline or anything like that and she's gonna try to enter this competition and i was like fuck (laughs) and so i i was like all right like i'll do it Uh, fucking challenge accepted and and i went ahead and i spent the next week and a half writing a script and i fucking did it yeah and uh i went and i talked to her afterwards and actually i was like hey so how did your thing go and she was like uh, oh she she didn't end up being able like not being able to she got uh, blocked and just didn't. R- she ran out of time, right? Okay, all right. And I, I mean, I had a full Bible of stuff already done. I worked from a book that I had written and I whittled it down to a script, so I had a big head start in that yeah, regard. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, because of this procrastination and because it was like a week before and like I had run into problems during the writing process that made it so like the night. Before it was due, I finished. Okay. I finished this script, and it at like 11 p.m. the night before, and it was due 5 p.m. the next day. Okay. Um, and I was I was 11 p.m. and I was like, oh, nice. I got all like I can sleep 
I can watch <laughs> TV tonight, and then I can get up in the morning. Kind of sucks. Yeah. For a procrastinator, kind of sucks, you know. Exactly, you, I'm you a procrastinator. Like, like a five minutes. <laughs> I'm a procrastinator. Like everybody's putting this thing online. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I just finished the script. I haven't even proofread it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am like, I am, uh, what? Twelve hours away, almost from this deadline. Not even. I am uh, 16 hours from this deadline or whatever. I took a while. Yeah, It I was know. good math. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. 16 hours from <laughs> this deadline. <laughs> and as a procrastinator, I think I have all the time in the world. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I can watch TV. I can go to sleep. And then... um. The morning I wake up, and even in the morning I procrastinate. Yeah, you know I get up at like nine or something, get my coffee, smoke some weed. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, watch watch some morning news, like whatever. You wake up early just to tell people that you had the mor the morning off, you know. Like Pretty much. Uh, and then I was just like, you know, doing <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I wake up early most days, anyways. But I, it's I, true. It it gets wasted because I procrastinate until noon. Um, and so, yeah, I procrastinated and then I'm like, okay, so it's, it's like one o'clock now I can submit this. <coughs> I go to submit it and it needs like a full, uh, producer's package. Oh my. With like, <laughs> with like a budget oh. and like director's lookbook and like the formula deal. Oh my God. And I'm like. Fuck! You gotta be fucking me, and I'm mad at myself because I'm like, of course, like that's stupid that they wouldn't need that, and I, I was very close to being like, well, you wrote the script, and that's that's an accomplishment, so whatever. But I was like, <laughs> but I was like, fuck it. You got a few hours. You can pump out, you know, something half-assed. Yeah. And so I did. I spent two hours, and I made what would be maybe, like, a decent presentation at VFS. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> or proposal, I should say. And I submitted it. And I actually just heard back that I didn't get it. But uh, that's, that's fine. I didn't really expect it. Well, but it. you actually submitted, so. Yeah, that's. The thing that's, that's the thing is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel bad about not getting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you would feel I bad if the deadline was over and yeah. like, oh, I didn't do it. Cause I yeah, because I felt because I, I was lazy. Weed or yeah, but actually, can were, you imagine? Yeah. Like that's what my. Yeah, I would have regretted that. Yeah, forever. I, uh, me too. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. But it's actually you know it's it's. What we were talking about uh, a little bit. It's like dating, you know. <laughs> It's better to be rejected than like. Than not in live in the limbo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not not have given the the opportunity of uh, you know understanding what the fuck. It's true. It's true. Uh, well, maybe we should take a break. We should take. And uh, we can come back and talk about the automation thing that we we chatted oh about yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a late slack line. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the weekend tomorrow, and uh, we are sleeping in, and so we'll have a break, and uh, we'll come back and uh, procrastinate a little bit longer with the work that we have to do. Us. 
All right. Procrastinate. Procrastinate with us. See you soon. from the break chatting uh what were we? procrastination before the break and uh things of that nature and then we took um what for you guys was probably only a three minute break but for us Four was like an hour <laughs> 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 um so we've had a couple more beers and uh we are into the cookies <laughs> Oh yeah, well there are dessert. Cookies. Dessert is served. We had some bosses burgers earlier, um, combined with the beer, and now the the delicious M and M cookies, uh, chocolate chip cookie. What sure. are you? What What are you having? I'm having um, well those cookies that we bought it at uh, Safeway. Safeway, Safeway. Through a uh, automated machine, which gave me a lot of shit doing that, and that's what I was uh, 
we were uh, yeah. aiming to talk about. Yeah, we were going through the uh, of, uh, shit. We we're going to the self checkout, and I tried to explain to Joao as he very frustratingly tried to get through the machine. Hey, I'm a tropical guy, man. And he he was ranting about how machines were taking all the jobs. That the machine actually wasn't taking anybody's job. It was just making you do the job for it. The machine's not taking the job. You're taking the job. They've just decided that everybody... Um, or they've realized that people are smart enough to use their POS system, their point-of-sale system on their own, and they don't need to employ somebody else to do it. People will do it for themselves. Sure. And my question is, why do they do? What do they do with those people that don't? They don't employ anymore. Um. Yeah. What's I mean, that's, going on with that? That's a big issue with our our society. Our growing society is, you know, a shrinking amount of jobs and meaningful employment. You know, um, and. Uh, And we talked about it a little bit while we were discussing it. I mean, personally, I think that that's why there's kind of a a push towards more socialism in a lot of countries and more uh, a, a better social safety net for letting people fall and and re uh, reaffirm themselves in different ways in in their society. Whether they it's easier for them to get retrained in a different job or for easier for them to um we you and i discussed uh you know maybe having a guaranteed universal income which is something that is you know something that is not substantial and maybe keeps people just like at or above the poverty line um you know maybe just enough to pay what would be regular rent and a little bit of food in your uh in your city or up to a maximum of thirty thousand dollars a year, or something something along those lines, um, that allowed people the freedom to explore new new business ventures, new different type of entrepreneurial ideas. Because as it stands, I mean, there's not a big environment for stuff like that, and people might argue that there is, um, that there's always this entrepreneurial spirit, but like. You know, try to start a store. Try to start a store that's selling a, a a certain type of good in a town. You know, Just try to start a restaurant in a city full of uh, chain restaurants. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Those things are taking over, and so and we can't stop it. That's the thing. Is like it's inevitable. Sure, but he- here's my thing. Now, we know that uh, Canada uh, brings a lot of immigrants uh, every year here. Mm-hmm. And in Europe, if you're like a lot of countries, if you would only count the people, like, I don't know, French people or. Excuse me. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Uh, so uh, a, a lot of Europe, European uh, countries are uh, decreasing. Their uh, what do you guys call like w- when more people die than uh, are born? Death rate. 
death rate or mortality rate. The mortality rate or uh, it's uh, bigger than the natality. Birth rate. Yeah. The birth rate. Okay, so the mortality rate is bigger than the birth rate in a lot of countries in Europe and even in Canada if it wasn't for immigration, right? Right. Uh, so obviously, uh, what it's in their mind is that okay, we need people, right? So we need to like import people from all these countries, and they're like such not nice countries to live that there's not lack of people in the world wanting to move to these countries. Mm. But if you have a big automatization of like stuff like let's say the cashiers of Safeway or even like uh, I was talking to Jordan the other day he told me that Uber has said that in the next a year and a half or two years they will have a lot of taxis run by robots or uh, yeah, uh, you know I mean where all all these jobs goes to like uh, it used to be people And now it's going to robots, and we have you were you were to a point where you needed people. Now you don't need people anymore. And now you know what. My point is, is it going to get to a point in like a, a maybe a dystop, dystopian way or dystopian dystopian a dystopian uh, 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 um, vision of the world where we're gonna have like, you know. Three, four, five uh, robots operating by like four people, <laughs> like uh, all around the world. Because if yeah. you don't know, be we we uh, we we haven't created, but we were born and uh, as we were born and lived in, there was a system that was developed that uh, we're just a piece of a puzzle. You know, if we don't pay taxes, we're not interested. Interesting to the system, and if we pay less, if we are cashiers, we, they can get rid of like those kind of jobs by automatization of everything. What's yeah. going on? Well, I mean, the thing is, is you can't stop it. It's an it's just happening, and I'm a firm believer that like when these things start to happen, like we have to adjust for them versus trying to stop them because they're not going to stop no they they already sat it's, it's like a it's i don't know so we have to move on from this idea so yeah okay back up for a second so what is the issue that you're talking about the issue you're talking about is that um these automated systems are going to start replacing jobs and thus people won't be able to afford to live basically because there will be mass unemployment as jobs are massively replaced by machines and that makes sense so the idea is well we have to move on from the thought that uh, a quote-unquote job is what we need to actually live that we need to have this career for lack of a better term to try to live in this society you know so do you think it would be possible to have robots performing uh some sorts of jobs and at the same time having people uh 
to develop project or you know what i'm gonna look up a really interesting uh quote for you right now that pertains to this nice um and it's one of my favorites it's a john adams quote i must study politics and war that my sons may have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy my sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy geography natural history naval architecture navigation commerce and agriculture in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, statutory, tapestry, and porcelain. So what that says to me is that there's these things that are important in different eras of time. Things that yeah. we needed to do. Mm -hmm. That... Um, like the foundations of a The foundations, yeah. The foundations were built for our economic systems hundreds of years ago, right? The yeah. foundations are built for our industry about a hundred years ago as the industrial uh, revolution happened. Sure. Um, the foundations of our technology was uh, built in the last 60 years, mostly in the last uh, like 10 years with the advent of the internet yeah. and, and all this type of stuff. So these things have happened along the way that have changed the way we interact with each other right mm -hmm. you know not even like our great grandparents our grandparents lived off of the land yeah and like didn't really have much of a relationship with government or like you know a, com a community beyond their own town we are dealing with a community of we are dealing with a community of the, of the world because we're connected to the world now and so those people before they had to study like this thing says mathematics and philosophy to figure out well how can we how can we grow this how can we grow this globalization thing that's happening how philosophy can help us learn about economics and how to interact with each other and stuff like that mathematics can help us advance science and advance technology and ways like to, to set up the ground right and then the next thing is geography natural history uh, navigation, commerce, all of these things to tie ourselves together and to mm -hmm. work together. And then the last thing, painting, poetry, music, architecture. Like when you talk about what is left to do when you automate everything, those are the things that's left. But right? these at the like same time, art forms. Not all art forms, but like... resources for all of that. Yeah. I mean, there but is, but... What's going on? Because in a lot of parts of the world, there's not even water. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it for sure. I mean, yeah, that that I that is a bit of a different question for me. Like the imbalance of, well, so we're losing jobs here to robots, but people in, um, not even in Africa, but like in all over even in the u.s in certain places don't have proper drinking water yeah. like that makes no sense and that's a totally different question of uh um proper or improper allocation of resources and and just how our whole system is built that way it's it's flawed for sure do you think it's possible do you think like this sentence of uh adam's John Adams. 
you think this sentence would actually sustain a full society like with a lot of people that we have right now of architectures poets painters well i think you're looking at a little too literally i think i think what it what the essence of it is i mean it's not it's not too literally the the thing is literally he's quoting examples is that that's literally right but if i think what the the underlying theme of what it is being said is um like the subtle free to free to uh to study creativity whatever that means we were talking about it before people are creative in a bunch of different ways that might be a mathematician that might be a person who wants to send their fucking tesla car to space that might be um, you and I that run this podcast together and maybe eventually we can turn this into like an entrepreneurial thing, you know, versus, uh, you know, in a space where um, in a space where, well, Rogers specifically in Canada runs basically all of the media, all of the radio and all of the uh, TV Um you know, it's tough to break into that airspace as an actual um, income generator. Mm-hmm. So we're left with, um, you know, we don't have the ability to f- really full go fully at this thing because it doesn't pay us anything. It's uh, It's kind of a weird sort of... I kind of lost my train of thought, but what was your question? <laughs> uh, my question is, would there be space for, in the world, for so many poets and right. architectures? And well, um, yeah, it just it it's giving us the freedom to explore those things, and and the theory in my in my thought, anyways, is that. Um, that is now how we would make progress, you know, because we have already studied mathematics. There's nothing. Is there new things to learn in math? All the time. Like two plus two doesn't no, equal no, no, four no, no, anymore. Every day, every day, every day. But like, but the basics of how our universe works. Um, we don't even know about that. We don't even know what universe is. We know it. We know it with. Listen. We know it in relativity to ourselves. And we we've studied it to the point that we can utilize it as a tool for other things. This is my point is like mathematics has been studied to the point that it's been utilized, that we can now use it for other things. It's not just about studying math anymore. Math okay. is now being used to study uh, geography and history Or and physics. navigation, commerce, physics. And then now, so then physics is going to get ex- uh, used to actually explore things like um, uh, philosophy even and, uh, and poetry and art. Like physics is now getting like we are now using these um, truths that we have. And putting them into our art forms, into our films and stuff, because we now demand this accuracy uh, to okay, be portrayed. Okay, okay, I understand your point. 
right? It's actually a very good point. Thanks. Um, <laughs> the thing is... I like your purple socks. Thanks. It's not mine. <laughs> I figured. Uh, the thing is... Is there space in this world? And... I, I mean... Okay, all right. Let's say that all the cashiers are automated and all the taxis are automated. What are these people going to do? Because wh when things like this happen, mm -hmm. they they just like don't happen like, oh, it's going to take like 15 years. They happen like tomorrow. Tomorrow you don't have work anymore. Yeah. Because you were sub by like a machine. Well, they happen. You know, like yeah. so. My question is like, now all these people, they probably don't have the education necessary to go to other fields. What do you do with them? Uh, they're gonna live in poverty. They're gonna. Wh what's the deal? You know. Yeah. Well, it's like I said. Like that's why I think there's a shift towards higher social social safety nets for that type of stuff. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I mean, in a realistic sense, you're talking mass unemployment and probably a lot of crime and probably a lot of bad things happening, to you be know, frank. We, we mentioned, like, uh, the Soviet Union, kind of. We mentioned, like, earlier with all this, like, maybe, like, social programs mm. or whatever, but... They were also very responsible to the rise of robots and all the kind of shit, you know. Like, <laughs> they invested a lot of money on those kind of things. So, mm -hmm. I would love to, well, not anymore, but, like, what the fuck the Soviets were thinking about? That's... Uh, After, like, investing in industries and, like, kind of like the Ford model of doing stuff but for the government instead of like for private companies because that's basically why they did what they did right mm -hmm. like they did a massive like let's do everything stuff. was built like for russia by russia yeah yeah um all i mean but the model is capitalist if you think about it the, the, the end of the money yeah is not for a capitalist uh, purpose but it is like based in like production, 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 you know, and they are very productive. Like uh, I've I've seen actually some of these Russians guy uh, working in a lot of places like right now, and they are very pro. Like, let's do it. Well, I mean, what Soviet era communism was really descended into like fascism. Like it's not like theoretical Marxist communism is not what uh, Soviet communism ended up being. It's what they tried to start. It's what like Lenin and them were all about. But then, I mean, corruption and all that stuff played, plays a big role and it ends up, yeah, not looking all that different. It was fun fundamentally different. The results were s not similar the reason that uh, capitalism ended up winning, quote-unquote, 
was basically that the Soviets, I mean, they ran out of resources to keep up with the U.S. Like, they just couldn't afford to continue to do it. Um, they actually didn't buy off as many countries as the U.S. did. I mean, the U.S. bought off, like, Brazil, as far as I know. And their government. Yeah, and there was. I mean, man, there's a lot of uh, anyways, a lot of shittiness that happened during that time of just like proxy wars and propping up. Uh, I would love to have a podcast, uh, a slackline that we could dedicate to the big stick politics. A little bit of big stick politics. Okay, I like that. We can watch some stuff after this episode to uh, clue in because I love I love getting into stuff like that. Um. Yeah, it, I mean, they ran out, like I said, they ran out of resources, and so it uh, it was kind of like the U.S. was able to do that because they were able to to finance all this stuff through, you know, the banking system that they'd had and all this, like, and all the other debt systems and things bought. and leverage systems that they could build up um, that the uh, the Soviet system just didn't really allow for. Uh, they needed the real goods. They needed the real money, the real things in order to make their stuff. And, and of course, uh, you know, the, the whole like innovation and, um, I mean, the idea of building, of, of innovating for the greater good versus innovating for yourself for self-preservation ultimately is not as good of a of an incentive and i like as a socialist i'm happy to admit that um but uh we're getting into this era now like we're talking about where there's kind of no choice it's like okay we can choose to just let this stuff happen just let these machine let businesses use machines instead of people and and let this massive unemployment happen and let wealth gaps continue to grow and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we'll have some, honestly, we'll have some bad, bad outcomes. So massive poverty, massive hunger, massive unemployment, massive crime, like massive death. Um, and if you think about it in species terms, you could argue that we need that. You could argue that our population needs to be cut pretty significantly by something. And maybe that's our own doing. Um, but the thing is, if we had discovered a planet and we were, let's say that we discover a technology as well that would take to this planet that has a lot of resources like just outside of our door, our mind is still the mind of the colonizer. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, it's nice to have all this, like, recycling stuff, but we can also, like, send it to Mars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's whatever, it's easier, you know? I like, know, it's, it's if, hilarious, if, but, like... If we found a way of, like, it's stupid, but if we found a way of, like, just, like, it's... Oh, it, now it's so easy with this new technology advance to just like throw all the garbage into space. 
I totally think that we would be doing that. Yeah, I've often pondered myself why we don't just shoot garbage into the sun with a rocket. Yeah, because we can't. Why not? Because it's expensive. Yeah. That's not a reason to me. Of course it is a reason. So, like, it costs more than the garbage is worth it, so... Uh, that's debatable. That's the thing, though. That's debatable when you uh, consider the cost of cleaning up, yeah, you know, yeah. massive environmental issues and stuff like that. Um, and because we're not talking about because we already. But think about it. Th- the only nice thing about not doing this is that the Earth is there for a million years. So whatever is here is here. Yeah. If we start shooting stuff into the sun, it means that we're actually extracting Earth from Earth. You know what I mean? Like, we're make literally making holes and, like, throwing into the sun hmm, yeah. little by little. I see. Yeah, I get your point. There's also a fuckload of, like, methane and stuff trapped in those things. Be like, we can build that again. No, no, you can't. It was here. Like, it's not going to happen. There's also, like, uh, a fuckload of methane and stuff trapped in that type of thing. Like, you can't just dig up a landfill because there's, like, there's huge, there's tons, like, literal tons of methane just trapped waiting to escape, uh, which is a bigger problem than, than CO2 issues. They have that happening in the permafrost up north where... uh all this like rotting um what was frozen land permafrost is like thawing and it's been frozen for like thousands of years and so it's thawing and it's all these like organic stuff that's just like rotting and molding and and sending a bunch of methane up into the atmosphere it's pretty nasty yeah are you all you got some like allergies or something happening no no well I just have to. I would have to go. You have to hit, hit the sack. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we're both uh, we're both dozing a little bit, so maybe we'll uh, we'll call her a day on that one. Sure, I would just would like to uh, uh, let our listeners with one question: Do you think a robot or a computer would be able to do your job in the next few years? Yes, no, and how many years? Honestly, I will answer that question from my old job. It's for the listeners, though. Okay, well, I'm going to answer it. I was listening to your question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, my job can already... I was working at a bank as an associate to an investment advisor, and my job was essentially to open accounts and, and send people their paperwork and get signatures and stuff. And uh, that could be done by a computer program now. Like, the only reason it can't, the only reason it it doesn't is security issues. People don't want to sign things on their Mm. iPads and stuff quite yet. But all of it can be done. And I knew that. Like, I remember saying to you, I'm like, a fucking robot could do my job. Like, part of my job was ushering in new technologies that were slowly replacing things that I was doing. 
Yeah. Which I was fine with because <laughs> I wanted to get the fuck out of there. But <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. So thank you very much to anybody who's listening. Uh, make sure you're following the Slack line on Instagram at the.slack.line. On Twitter at Slackline underscore radio. And on uh, YouTube and iTunes at uh, the Slackline podcast. Uh, that is it for us for this, uh, what will be Sunday. Uh, thank you very much again to Jay Wow. Wow. And the boss. The boss and to Crooked Spies for providing the music today. Um, everybody have a good week. And I will see you tomorrow for the quote of the day. Have a good day. The wall closes in, I just continue to swim We're waiting to drop in But no fault of mine, I just cast my